we do get hit up a lot from like young Latino filmmakers. And I think what it, what it's more about is that they see us like succeeding and it just it just like lets them know like, oh, this is maybe something you can do. You're listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. get into it um our guests today uh are two guys pasquale and, and rj sanchez uh they're part of a director duo called clica mundo okay. did i uh, pronounce that Clica. Right? yeah it's just it's just uh it's just clica 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 okay cool um they're doing some like amazing videos for uh, really big artists right now um like I, I think one of the most recent ones i saw was for rosalio which i really loved uh that one was sick um but yeah, I would love to hear from you guys. Just kind of introduce yourself, like let us know where you're from, um, how you guys started. Uh, just let you take the ball. Sick. Cool. Um, bro, um, you, do you want to go first? You go first. You All go right, first. I'll go first. You go, um, you go first. Huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I met I met Raul. Raul and I met each other through uh, my girl. My girl. Oh yeah. Just just uh, uh, to preface. Just to preface, Raul is my real name, so RJ. Oh yeah, right, right, oh, right. So everyone calls me Raul. Cool. So we'll switch. We'll switch cool. to that real now, real yeah. quick. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So Raul. Raul and I, we met through my girlfriend, Christine Yuan. She's also a director. Um, and I don't know. We just kind of hung out. We kind of we always say that like why we like maybe like we're kind of sizing each other up and like maybe we're unsure of each other when we first met because there's just mm-hmm. like. We don't know that many Mexican American like Chicano filmmakers in the space, even though there's so many of us in LA. Mm-hmm. There's so few in in like the film community mm-hmm. here. We're both born and raised here in LA um, for that question. But uh, yeah, but then you know slowly and surely we kind of started hanging out more and more and realized we had very very similar interests. And Raúl was a lot heavier in the music videos at that time, and I was a lot heavier in the commercials. But we both kind of just like the same shit, like the mm. same kind of music, you know, just sort of hanging out more and more. And then eventually we just kind of decided, hey, let's let's try co- like writing on stuff together because um, a lot of our friends were doing co-direction. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I had I had co-directed with a couple of people before. And so had, so did Raul. So we just kind of gave it a shot. And then really what kind of started Clica was um, this J Balvin video that we did the reggaeton video, we had a mutual friend named Milk, who's actually, at the time, he was Jay Balvin's creative director. And he just, he just fucked mm. with us. He, he believed in us. And uh, we would just hung out with him a couple of times here and there. And then one day he gave us both a call and was like, hey, let's, you guys want to do a video for Balvin? <laughs> and then just like that, mm. we did it. in like two days later, we were in New York shooting and didn't even know it hit us. And then the video turned out right. like, you know, it was a big hit. It was a big crossover for Balvin. Um, Cause it was like str- more street and more gritty. And um, that's kind of how we crossed over really into, into that world. And then Clica Mundo, Clica was born. Yeah. That's awesome. Raul? It was casual at first. Like with, like Milk really did put us together in that sense, or he yeah. gave us an opportunity. Cause we had tried, like, I think before that we wrote on a nav, uh, Travis Scott music video. I think it was for Champion or something. 
And then I think we even wrote for another. And, Br- and Bruno Mars. Dude. And a, yeah, that was the first time. It was some Bruno uh, Mars. Bruno Mars. <laughs> that I, like, I, and usually the way I would I would view co-direction is like, like music video budgets aren't huge, so I'd be like, oh, okay, this is this is a three hundred k video, which is a lot more than you would usually get. But it's it's for right. like Bruno Mars. No, no disrespect to Bruno Mars, but like it's not necessarily what I like listen to. So I'm like, yeah. oh, this is still like a good job. And I always kind of viewed those as opportunities to work with someone else because it kind of like lightens mm-hmm. the load and it, and it makes it more fun to have someone to go through the process with, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. I reached out to Prescott to work on that one. And that was maybe a year, maybe even more than that before we did Balvin. And then we tried with that Travis Scott. And then we just kind of just, it never kind of happened and it wasn't like a priority. And then when we did it with, when, when Milk put us together for Balvin, then it, it made it more real which was cool and then we started thinking like okay well what if we like approach the reggaeton kind of spanish music market for music videos and try to infuse it with maybe just like try to elevate them more than what they had been doing just because like not all the videos but for the most part reggaeton kind of just has reggaeton just kind of has um the videos aren't maybe the most tasteful things, you know, they're very, they're very yeah. kind of formulaic and they kind of just do a lot of the same thing. And, you know, that, that's a thing too. I'm, I'm not even trying to knock that, but, but we were mm-hmm. like, what if we can take some of our sensibilities and, and bring it to this genre? And then like, we got lucky, like Rosalia happened right after Balvin. And then we've, we've done some videos for other people. And then Bad Bunny was crazy. We've just done like yeah. four in a row for him. So, so it's awesome. been kind of a wild ride. We were kind of, non-stop working until yeah. this whole uh this whole pandemic hit everybody did, but, um, did you feel like the the break that you needed <laughs> i mean in a way or you guys rather be out there? Uh, yes and no i mean we were we were definitely in a place where we were getting a little burnt because we had just been working non-stop yeah. um and we had got into kind of a crazy rhythm with with uh benito bad bunny's team like we got to know his whole team pretty well and um specifically matias um stills that's like Bad Bunny's personal photographer, who's now like kind of getting more into directing himself, but you know, working with him a lot, we got to know him really well. But then we kind of, I feel like we also felt like at the same time, once COVID started happening, mm-hmm. we were like, for the first time, we could start seeing this. Clico was really taking right. off. Like we were getting meetings, people were hitting us up, um, like like never before, and it was a really exciting time, I think, for both of us. Um, and then when it happened, we were like, oh, shit, like, yeah. is the momentum gone? You know, like, what, what's next, you know? And obviously, these are uncertain times. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like all of us are just hoping that, like, everybody remembers us after, you know, because, like, we were in the same, we were in the, we were in the same place, too. Like, Abe and I, and Abe, I'm sure you have something to say about this, too, but, like, we had, like, a lot of stuff moving for us, and we were about to work on our biggest project yet. Like, it was, like, our highest budget project yet. And then, all like, they were literally about to send over the agreement. And it was, like, hey, like, this, like, they're not, they're not, they're taking this, like, COVID shit seriously. I don't think we can, um, I think we just need to see what goes on. And now we're kind of just, like, sitting here twiddling our thumbs, hoping that they, uh, you know, send us an email after it's all over. No, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. But, like, also we're thankful because had we not been this busy, we probably wouldn't have been as prepared. Like, you know, we would have been caught with our pants down mm-hmm. uh not that we're ashamed but you know mm-hmm. um but yeah it just wouldn't have been ideal um but yeah I, I think going back to to you guys i find your relationship kind of fascinating um that you know that you guys are able to work so well together do you guys feel like in a way 
um, y'all's individual strengths complement each other well. And then in a way that also makes you come to the table a little bit stronger or, or more confident when you're pitching up against, you know, single directors. Well, yeah. I mean, think about like directing is like directing is all about like the guy in the chair. Right. And like co-directing is such an interesting thing where it's like, okay, who's calling the shots? Like how to, like, who's, you know, how do your guys' strengths play into one another? And how do you guys like let one person take the wheel and the other person take the back seat in certain ways, like certain situations? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think we work pretty well together. I mean, I, I like, Raul has a really good sense of style. You know, I think he's always been really good with that. And I think he knows that as well. Right? Yeah. Buddy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny talking about, <laughs> funny, it's funny talking about this because we've never really, like, sat down and been like, yo, this is what it's I like, do, this is what you do. But, like, just yeah. from, for sure there are things, I think, that we lean on each other for, for sure. What Pascual said is true, I think. And, and just in general, like, just a, like a quick like a little side story. It's like, I, I'm always kind of the person that like when he says style, it's, you know how there's this, there's an, an adage that says like substance over style or style over substance and that kind of whole, mm. you can get into a whole argument about that in films and stuff like that. Um, I've always kind of leaned towards stuff that's more, you know, like I like auteur directors or like people that have a voice. Mm. So like I, I'd never stray away from that. And maybe I like kind of overdo it sometimes maybe, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in I'm in the stylist aspects. I mean, I don't know where were you going with that possible. No, I was just saying. Style, it's like, I mean, I, no, I was gonna say. No, I no. think you know you have a really good sense of style. It's like you've been doing music videos for a really long time, kind of exclusively. And then for me, when I was doing commercials almost exclusively before Klika, a lot of my commercials were like documentary or storytelling based or narrative based. So I was kind of trying to work on storytelling, mm-hmm. and that was kind of always more important than. Than, than developing style. So I think when we work together, especially for these most recent projects, I think we're really kind of starting to find the groove that we're, we're excited about going going in, which is like if like Bad Bunny's Beachy Owl video, the last video that, that just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think is like mm-hmm. a nice um, kind of marriage of the two because there is like a this kind of like light narrative going on there about this kind of this race element and this girl and this guy, the girl gang, guy gang kind of thing. But then there's still like a lot of style in it as well. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's kind of what we both bring to the table. And um, it's mm-hmm. been really exciting to work together. Because I think like a lot of times in music videos, you'll see one or you'll see the other. And it's like what makes a great video is all of the above. And it's just really hard to do that. And I think right. even with just one person, it's hard to do that as well. I think the strength in co-directing especially in a music video sense in short form is that you have a bouncing board, you know, like a lot of times when, cause Raul mm-hmm. and I are also our own individual directors as well. But like when we work alone versus working together, whenever I'm alone and I'm sure it's the same for Raul is like, you don't have that bouncing board. It's hard to think like, okay, is this good? Am I doing the right thing? Like, was this a good decision? Mm-hmm. Um, or right. did I screw that up? But when we're, when we're working together and we're in the same space all the time, it's like, we're always able to constantly check each other, be like, well, let's try that. Or we just make each other work harder, you know, like maybe an idea that we would have settled for on our own when we're sitting together in the same room. We're like, Hey, you know what? No, let's, let's, let's elevate that more. And like, it's very common for us when we're Mm -hmm. coming up with ideas to spend like probably eight to 10 hours. I don't know, all day in a room, just like in the very beginning of the ideation process, you know, just being like starting things over, over and over and over 
And uh, I don't think you really get to do that when, when you're alone. So that's, that's, what's been right. You know, really cool right. about it. Yeah. I think Abe, I think Abe and I go through the same thing where like, and, and we don't do as much directing, but more like photography and our direction where it's like, if I'm standing behind the monitor, like seeing what's coming through the screen, like he, like Abe, almost always has full total trust that the feedback that I'm giving him mm. coming through the monitor is what's going to get us the best end product. And so I think a lot of the times, like the, the thing that is most successful when people are working together is knowing and trusting that the person I'm working with is, is going after the same end goal as me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, mm -hmm. if we're, both, we're, we're both trying to win. Like we're all trying to win in this room. So I'm just going to trust what he says um, in this moment, I think is just like the biggest, the biggest yeah. thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Um, what? So, what are you guys' backgrounds? I, I always find it interesting um, how, like, where you start generally affects spe specifically mm. in directing. You know, some people come from visual backgrounds, some people come from you know writing backgrounds. Uh, but I always find it interesting because uh, you start to notice those intricacies later on. Right, Raul, you go first. Yeah, yeah. I went. To, I went to school. I went to college. I went to Berkeley. I didn't study film. I studied uh, history, like ancient history. And then from there, I'm from LA, so I just moved back. And I was kind of, I, I knew I wanted to do something in film, but I didn't really know exactly what it was yet. And I think um, kind of out of necessity, I also took some classes at UCLA after I graduated at the, at the UCLA Extension. For like a quarter or two, I took some film classes because I had never taken like film production. So that was useful. But after, you know, the first semester, it's kind of pointless. So I quit that. And then I just started trying to get jobs in entertainment. I kind of realized maybe two years into it that no one would let me like DP their shit without me having DP'd something. Or, and the editing might have been a bit easier. I was going to maybe be an editor. And then I kind of just started directing on my own just out of necessity so I could shoot and cut my own stuff. And, it, it, you know, it starts like I, I think everyone has similar stories. But, for example, my, my sister used to date um, Young L from the pack. Um, mm. from the Bay Area. So at one point I was like, yo, can I do a video for Young Al? And she convinced him and then that was the first video I did. And then through that I met this dude. Um, I met Matt Zolly, which I started a company with, uh, Snow Beach, and then that kind of slowly evolved. But I think overall the most helpful thing to at least get me to where, where we are now, or at least in my career, is um, I PA'd, I was like a PA intern at Pretty Bird, this production company in Culver City for I think like two or three years. And that was probably the thing that I thought was most helpful to to kind of helping me, I guess it helped me understand how the industry really works from a very, like, cause that company's really big. So it showed me, this is how you pitch. This is how, this is what a brief is. This is what, what commissioners do. This is what a label does. This is what production companies and executive producers are like, this is what their jobs are, you know? So I think, I think being at that company kind of opened my eyes to like how things are supposed to be done in a professional sense. And then plus, you know, hustling and grinding on your own. I think those two things really helped me kind of become a kind of a, a director, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Pascal, what, what about you? What about, uh, I went to film school. I did the traditional kind of film school thing. I went to Chapman in orange County. Mm -hmm. uh, I hate orange County. I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was the same thing as LA. I didn't think it was going to be that different. And then, yeah. and then I got there and I was like, oh, Jesus, what is this place? But um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the, I mean, the film school was good, though. You know, I met a lot of people there. I, I mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot of. I mean, at Pascual, I think for, I think for you, you were at you were at Chapman, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of your collaborators or a lot of your friends like are still from Chapman. People that you met yes. at Chapman, yes, because they're all mm-hmm. they're all they all like minded and want to do that stuff. I think that's probably yeah. the biggest thing that you get from film school. It's like not necessarily maybe what the education as much. It's the fact that Pascual, you have like thirty homies that are still directors, yeah, or PPs yeah. or whatever, right now in LA. You know, yep. and yeah. for me, I came from Berkeley and like all my college like i don't hang out with anyone from college anymore because mm. it just they all have normal jobs and stuff you know so i think i think that's one thing i don't know Pascal, no it's great it's great Chapman. no like, no I, I mean that's that's what i was gonna say is that it's like you know i didn't like the area and i didn't like the, the kind of the campus experience but the friends and the connections that i made there were like invaluable obviously you know like when i got out of yeah. film school for example you know i didn't know anybody that was that was actually working in film like that seems like such mm-hmm. such a far cry away from reality, especially after the market crash and everything. Like no one was able to get jobs. So, but I had a friend that was a friend of a friend who who got me working at this startup advertising slash like entertainment branded content company, directing mm-hmm. pieces for legitimate brands, and it was this crazy like weird lightning in a bottle thing. But I was able to start directing like short form content and work with real clients at the age of like 21, 22. And that was crazy. So, yeah. so that's yeah, how I was able to get in, you know, but like I said, it's for me, yeah. that's how I made all those friends and solidified those friendships. A lot of those friends that I had in film school worked at the same company. Um, and that's how we all kind of started to, you know, get our foot in the door in the industry and, and kind of grew up that way. It was like almost like an extended film school, but like in the real world, you know, and working with clients and figuring out how to deal with deadlines and, um, all that kind of selling, selling ideas. ideas. Yeah. I mean, making treatments and all that stuff. We were just trial by fire. Really. We kind of like, you know, fake it till you make it, I guess we started figuring out how to do it. But, but I, I, you know, I jumped into advertising just like really young, which was, which is weird. Yeah. And usually it's the other way around, right? It's like usually people do music videos for years because um, that's like a more fun thing to do and a little bit more accessible. And then and then you go into advertising when you get a little bit older. But it was kind of like the opposite for yeah. me. I think like by the time I was like, I don't know, 25 and was like, dude, what? I, I, like, who am I? I feel like this old guy. But like... <laughs> Not. Um, and then yeah. and then I, I just really wanted to do music videos really, really badly, you know, and I think that's, again, how it was like perfect running into Raul the way that it did, because it was just an, a good time for both of us. You know, I was like, man, I really want to yeah. like what you're doing is tight. Like, I want to do that, you know, and, and he was like, I yeah. want to learn about a little bit more about about ads. Or, and so it was a nice kind of marriage of it's fun it's funny it's funny how that happens that way though because from my perspective at that time i was like i'm like my main complaint with where i was in my career is like dude i need to do commercials i need to do commercials because i think yeah i mean if you don't know like music videos are just not they're not really the the most um viable kind yeah, of they're like here's choice. one they're like here's one can of film make it work right yeah <laughs> it's like they have a super low budget and they expect a ton yeah. and but you're passionate yeah. about them so you're like whatever take it out of my rate and by the end of yeah. it you don't you're not you're gonna make anything money. you know <laughs> so and so like i mean it, it's just funny how how like how that happened you know but i think right. i think it was i think it worked out in the end you know 
I, I feel like that's that's similar how we started like you know uh, much like Pascual mm. um, I started in in the agency world too where like social media was you know was was really growing and, and companies weren't trying to spend you know two million dollars on a commercial but they'd be like hey we'll give you this red package to this 22 year old kid can you give us something half as yeah. good and I was like sure yeah <laughs> and I just was like able to learn so much um, but then when I moved like to, to LA, I met Alex and, and we were kind of both in, in agencies and kind of complaining about, you know, agency world. Um, mm. and, and it was mouthwashers really started out as collaboration. And then obviously mm. Mackenzie was someone that we, we always knew, um, and wanted to work with as well. But, but it, it's funny hearing you guys, you know, doing the stuff that you're doing, but in a way it obviously timing worked out, but also like the collaboration, uh, inspired, um, the the company in a way mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's like the self-motivated thing it's like if you're just gonna work with your friends in general it's like it's like i feel like all this all this stuff is like dialogue right so it's like you're just sitting around and you're like what if we did this and everybody has those conversations but it just takes the right pairing of people to take the conversation from what if we did this to like actually doing it right, right. and it's mm-hmm. like until you find those people that's when that's that's when it really all kind of yeah. makes sense and unfortunately like some of us have the opportunity to to um, have those paths cross with those people and those end up becoming our collaborators in business. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. man, it's, it's great working with your friends, man. 100%. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, like you guys were question. asking if we were like okay. burnt before or something like that, but you're like, I, no, feel like, I feel like we were, we were getting kind of to that point, but I mean, uh-huh. it's still never, it never really ever feels that way because I mean, I mean, I mean essentially we're best friends at this point because we work, we literally are like, Every day we would like meet each other, go over what we're doing. There's always something yeah. to do. And it's like never, yeah. it never really feels like work, to be honest, yeah. which is, right. I think, the most you could ask for out of a career. It's like, which is, yeah. no, it's, totally. it's might not be the most, we're not, we might not be making this like crazy amount of money or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that obviously comes with time and like developing your career and seeing where it goes. But it definitely is cool to have a job and still make like a, a pretty good living like doing this stuff, you know? Right. And it's like stuff you would be doing even if nobody was making you do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I have another question. Uh, you guys kind of touched on it in the beginning, but um, Abe and I talk about this a lot as like people who are not 100% white or um, white passing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in an industry that's like dominated by, you know, straight white men. Yeah. Um, and especially film, I think is like pro- probably the worst where it's like, you look around on set, anytime we're on production, it's like 30 white guys, just from the camera team to Griffin electric to, you know, um, everybody. And I think people are like getting better about that, but you, and I think it's really interesting too, that like a lot of your guys' work is, um, the work that you guys have done for Rosalie or bad bunny is kind of like, um, there's like a heritage, there's like a crossover and, um, ethnicity and like heritage mm-hmm. and, so I'd just be curious to hear from you guys if um, you guys think that um, you have a responsibility to tell stories that don't get told um, about people that you grew up with or your family or um, just being two people of Hispanic culture. Like, is there, do you guys feel like there's responsibility there or like a desire to, to, to make that a, a point of emphasis in your career? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I think, I think it's almost, I mean, I think there's also there, people say like uh, write what you know and stuff like that, right? And it, it really is, there really is a uh, value in that in that saying, just because mm. I think you're gonna get genuine, like honest work when you do that. I don't know, I don't know if we're ex- 
explicitly always trying to hit it because I mean, I think it cuts both ways. You know, you don't mm -hmm. want to just do it for the sake of doing it. You want to have things have, you want things to have meaning behind them right. or there, there's a reason. And that's kind of how we approach a lot of the music videos we do. We, we'll usually get a brief or something that kind of put nudges you in some direction, but we're always like looking for that extra, you know, why are we doing this? Or like, you know, yeah. even if it's just a performance video, it's like, okay, what are we going to, what's the set dressing going to be? Or what's this backdrop going to be mm. to kind of, you know, punctuate whatever message or whatever the song is saying, you know? So, you know, right. it's subtle. We're trying to do it, but I mean, I don't know, Pasquale, I mean, what do you think about? Or responsibility about, to tell, tell a story. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think, I think so. You know, I don't know for like when I was in film school, it was, it was interesting because like if I was in the room, like in a screenwriting class, for example, I mean, this happened to me, like the professor kind of told me like, you, sh you need to write more, 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 Lat more Latino stories. Cause you're the only one in this entire mm -hmm. classroom that has that background, you know? And at the mm -hmm. time it kind of made me feel like uncomfortable. Cause I was like, mm, what the, yeah. I want to write whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I need to write these stories about East LA? Right. Yeah. I'm but like, yeah, and the, <laughs> yeah. Like, so that kind of, it bothered me, but obviously, you know, um, writing what you know like what Raul says and and also understanding that now we are starting to get a platform and what's been really kind of one of the most rewarding things about Glika is you know from time and time we get these messages from young um you know up-and-coming latino chicano filmmakers um that talk about you know how how we're inspiring them or uh, you know I, we ran into some i ran into someone um, at this music video screening night before the COVID thing started happening. And um, she was just saying how, oh, sorry, my, my phone's going off in Spanish, actually. Speak of the devil. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, she was saying how, how she was like, how we inspired her. And, and, um, and, you know, we had like this guy, this intern guy for a while, uh, Roger, and he, and he was kind of saying the same thing. And so when you realize that, and you realize that you're kind of like the big homie for a lot of these young um, Latino Hispanic individuals that are wanting to be creatives and they're aspiring directors. And you realize that you're maybe, I don't want to say a role model, but setting some sort of example. I mean, neither Raul nor I have any, anybody in our family that did film. You know, I had no, like, yeah. you know, I'm the only one in my family, like one of the only ones in my family that even went to college in general. So like, mm -hmm. you know, being able to see that there's people looking up to us in that aspect, then yes, I do feel like there is a responsibility and, and something to be proud of, you know? And I don't think we, we yeah. want to hit the nail on the, like be crazy, like militant about it at all. But I think it is definitely something that just naturally comes to like somehow the forefront of, a, of, of our videos or our storytelling. Like, I don't know, like when we were casting for La Difficio, mm -hmm. for example, this uh, second to last bad bunny video that came out, we're t talking about the lead and wh who did we want the lead to be? And we were just naturally, we're like, well, we want, we want her to be Latina. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that's a, a political thing, but maybe to right. some people, um, it is a political thing. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. If that answers your question. I think, I think yeah. also Pasquale, Pasquale, what you were saying, I think is the most important thing is it's, it's, it's more about, like, cause we do get hit up a lot from like young Latino filmmakers and, and stuff. And I think what it, what it's more about is that they see us like succeeding and it just, it just like lets them 
know like oh this is maybe something you can do because like Pascal yeah. was saying it's like i didn't like in high school even through college no one ever was like oh you can be a music video director or you can direct uh commercials for for coca-cola or you can do this and this and that i mean obviously like movies are made was a possibility like you didn't yeah i didn't even that know that what that job was like i was like yeah. if someone would ask yeah. me who does that I'm like I, I don't know what what's a commercial director or whatever you know so right. like i think just seeing that just allows people that are maybe like like when we were younger in the neighborhoods we grew up in to just be like oh yeah maybe i i want to i want to be like that guy even mm. like this is even crazier like maybe like three years ago before Glica or like, and I had done, I think the biggest video I had done up to that point was maybe like um, Lil Yachty, Minnesota or something, mm -hmm. or or maybe Beads in the Trap. I don't know if that was out yet, but um, I went to my high school because my sister was a counselor there. And she's like, yo, come talk to the career, uh, go to career uh, day for the kids or whatever. And we just went there and I felt bad because our booth had the most people because kids are obviously just trying not to like go talk to, you know, a nurse. So, yeah. And I yeah. was like, this is unrealistic. And based on my experience at the time too, I was like, this is also an irresponsible like life choice. Cause it, like you need to be mentally prepared to deal with right. like this uh, industry and trying to, you know, succeed at, at this job. But, mm -hmm. um, but then like now there's a kid that's doing um, blue face videos that I've kind of like talked to every now and then, like he'll ask me yeah. questions. Like he doesn't even know stuff about, how to start a bank account, like simple stuff like right. that, you know. But now he's doing a right. blue, like blue face videos and stuff. So, but that that's I mean, like it, the, it is those a big the wins right there, right? Like that's yeah. the win is to watch those kids like go do something, you know. You're like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, you really mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like honestly, to be to be totally honest, these kids like he takes it too far. Like he's texting me all the time. But <laughs> oh, also, he's gonna listen I to this. Tried. Better be careful. Oh, that's fine. I, I, that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. He hears it because he knows too. But like, he texts me all yeah. the time, and I always try to give him an answer and stuff. Sometimes I'll be late, but it's it's still good to be you know that. It's never. I don't think you can be annoyed from someone like trying to learn and stuff. Yeah. You know. So yeah, that's so real hunger right there. It's not. It's not Kerry, like Director Carrington. I think that's his name. Shout out to yeah. He's great. That's um, awesome, yeah, that, that's the that's the, that's why I think this is cool too, you know. And yeah. just to go back to your original point, you know, I think that it's more about just us being Latino filmmakers succeeding and doing these projects allows other Latin kids and like people of color to like kind of see, oh yeah, you can. This is something you can do too. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. 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 Um, Abe, were you gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say that's like I feel like that's the right attitude to have. Like uh, I feel like being Hispanic, you just have like this work ethic instilled um, because a lot of a lot of us, like you know, your parents are immigrants or or whatever, and they come here, they don't come from college, and you just like have this like uh, this this thing instilled to you from the beginning that like you have to bust your ass even harder, and mm -hmm. and people that are younger like need to have that hunger. Um, because nothing like for a lot of us was given it's it's you know it's, it's always earned um yeah. so so it's, it's cool to see younger people still you know not not be you know what you know a lot of times they're portrayed as just lazy mm. uh, because i do i do think there's a lot of people that are that are really hungry and 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 if they can be inspired by by you by us or by somebody you know i think that's great um but yeah totally and i, and I also think raul what you're saying is like i think for anybody who's you know, listening to this and, and is creative and you have, and I think like Abe and I ha and Mackenzie and I like always have to, it, it's easy to kind of like poke fun at like 
Um, maybe you're like, I don't know how to say this in any other way, but like the, the kids who are like kind of fans of your work and they respond to all your Instagram stories or they're like, get your email and they're like emailing you left and right asking for advice. And like, I think it's just really important for us to like, just, you know, help those people and like want to root for them and see like victory in them. Cause they're the next generation, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. next, it's the next group of people that you hope that make better, way better work than what you made and yeah. hope that you like had some sort of part in that. So I just think there's like a, almost like that, that's, like Raul, what you're talking about is like that's really what feels like the real responsibility is is not always political, but you know, really just helping whoever's looking up. Yeah, and I think yeah. inherent, like inherent, no matter what me and Pasquale do, it's like it's gonna be, it's gonna have, it's gonna be politicized. Maybe that's not the right word, but just the fact that we're doing it is yeah. is that unto itself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. I, um, I have another question, um, just about you know, working collaboration stuff like that, but. Um, Abe and I have this like interesting, um, and Mackenzie, but like she, she's not on here by the way right now. She's designing some stuff over here. Mm-hmm. She's, um, she's doing the actual work. We're just <laughs> actually working. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, we have this, uh, we have this like really interesting dynamic and I think it's the only reason why it works the way it works. And it's the only reason why we win jobs and stuff like that. And I think there's probably some sort of similar situation with you guys, but um, I happen to be somebody who thinks of ideas through narrative, through like stories first, and then find out and figure out what the visual medium or like the execution of that looks like second. And I think Abe is somebody who is very like visually driven and um, finds stories through like visual medium or visual reference and like figures out like this is the story that we're telling based on the style or look and feel. Um, do you guys have like specific styles as far as as far as like the way that you guys like tackle coming up with creative or ideating creative or are you guys pretty similar and like on the same page? Mm-hmm. I think it I think it depends by project, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it depends. It's just really what it like sometimes you get a like an idea like instantly and we're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Boom, let's go. And we start kind of just working from there. Other times it takes a long time and it's really like like pulling pulling nails, oh, pulling teeth, just sitting there. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's brutal. It's like really, it's like just, just like play the, play the song again, bro. Um, play it again. I mean, we do, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Like over and over, and we're just like, oh, and then it's like it's. There's been a few, and recently that's happened to us quite a bit, just because of the burnout of doing all these videos, and just then it's like we just start we're editing and cutting one, and then out of nowhere it's like, oh, we need a treatment for this, and then yeah, it's kind of overwhelming. So that's kind of mm-hmm. happened more recently, and maybe this break will help with that. But I think as far as like creative process, like your like the real nitty gritty of it, like if you want to know what we do, we usually get the song, we sit in a room. Uh, just this is for music videos. I'll just use that as an example. But yeah. uh, we get the song, we look at the brief. You know, every brief is different. Sometimes they have a lot of info. Sometimes it's completely open. And then we listen to the song a few times. For me, like me and Pasquale do have different approaches. I think just because I think us working individually like a year and a half ago and never of working together you know you bring your habits and the things you do into this into a new working relationship and then some some of it gets left some of it gets keeps getting used one thing i always do though is i always like with the song i'll i'll break it up like by sections and be like zero zero seconds to 20 seconds is the intro then it's chorus and it's you know just the whole song so you'll have maybe like 15 bullet points that are time coded to sections of the song. And then that that often is a way for me to kind of start, you know, if I have an idea, I can start, you can start inserting them into certain 
sections or whatever, or just, or just, it's always a ritual that I do to kind of get me into like, okay, we're going to start working on this music video. How can we start to put it together? And even though it's maybe sometimes we use it, sometimes we don't, it's still like a thing that I think helps us get, or helps me. And I think at this point it probably helps us. I don't know if it helps us well, but he sits there and watches me do it. Oh, it helps. <laughs> and like, it helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helps. Um, he sits like we, we do that, and then we kind of start throwing ideas back and forth. You know, a lot of a lot yeah. of the conversation, or like I'm just speaking it from my perspective, because again, we've never even talked about this stuff in this way. But like, I'll be. And then I'll always get the lyrics and I always try to find like a nugget of something in the lyrics or something in the way that's like a, a sonic quality of the song and yeah. like latch on to something and then start unfolding and like going, going into layers of that and try to like kind of build it out like that. I mean, what do you think? What, what, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I do something similar. I think something that we do, I mean, yeah, again, I do, I do always try to think about things narratively and then think about things visually and but something that I think mm. that we've been doing more and more frequently as we've been really kind of just working back to back to back is like and we don't really necessarily have the time that we used to have. Like when we were doing like for Rosalia, for example, like I think we had like, I don't know, two, two a week or two weeks to put together that treatment. And and bef- and before mm. before COVID, um, we were at a point where we were having to crank ideas out in in like two days and then have a new idea and have a new idea and we were at that kind of pace and obviously it's creatively Mm -hmm. exhausting it's also incredible and privileged to be blessed to be in that situation right where like you know we're having the opportunity to write so much but we were i think what we start kind of started doing was just kind of like pitching log lines to each other if i'm like i don't know like because we'd be like well what if it's like uh you know what if it's like you know, like Blade uh, meets mm. this, or what if it's like mm. a mm. boxer meets the Zoot Suit Riots? You know, what if it's like right. a noir of this, or what if it's like you know? And we were just were basically combining genres and styles, or what if it was it was like you know Tokyo Drift, but in the style of of like Fallen Angels? You know, like we're you know we were just kind of like yeah. throwing these different kind of con- vague concept log line things and we would just do that for a long time and then um we'd be like all right that one's really sticking and then we would kind of start going with that so usually usually though when one when someone says the idea it's like oh all right and like it's pretty quick to like know yeah we know we know know. when it's the one it's when we know it's the one we know it's the one for sure there was one i'll give you one example like um we're pitching on this caliucci's video for solita that like i think the video is out now um, but like the song was just her basically saying like she was kind of tired of men. She'd rather just be on her own because men are the devil or something like that. That's kind of what the lyrics were saying. Amen. And then, and then, at, and then, and then at one point, Pasquale was just like, as a joke, he's like, oh, what if she's just a nun, dude? <laughs> and, then, and then, and then from there, we're like, we're like, and then I was like, oh, oh shit. All right. Yeah, she's a nun, yeah. but like then it turned into this like high fashion, like kind of like 60s, 70s um, exploitation nun thing. Yeah. Um, but then, it, and even in that, we kind of like were able, we kind of try to do these vague themes because she's from Colombia, right? So we were kind of trying to touch on, you know, you know, Latinos' um, relationship with religion and like shame mm-hmm. and like, 
you know, sexuality and stuff like that, you know? So, yeah. um, so I think, uh, I think that's kind of a good example of sometimes yeah. how it happens. Other times we're just kind of sitting there. I mean, La- not knowing La- what La- Fisa was like that. You're like, you know, she's a video girl. And then we're like, okay, mm. she's a video girl. It's about, it's about a 2000s video because that's what Bad Bunny yeah. wanted. And then it was like, all right, well, let's make it, let's elevate it. There's a video girl in it. But then the video girl, we see appeal behind the curtain. Like, what's her life like outside of this music video? And then we're like, okay, mm. well, she's a mom. She's a daughter. And then it was like, once we kind of had those three things and we were in the room together and we're like, okay, this is it. And then, you know, it really, it really takes off. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just yeah. throwing things at the wall a little bit too. And then when, yeah. we know, when it sticks, it sticks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I read, I read this thing the other day i've been having i've had like way too much time to read over the past week that's good i was reading this thing that was yeah and it was it's it is good um trying to read more but i yeah i was reading this thing that was like you know essentially all creativity is is just connecting ideas that are already in front of you um which like one is being like just discovering what you know like what you were saying raul earlier is like you write what you know or you write to discover what you know um, and then, and then throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, having, or like having the bravery to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall, um, and then figuring out why it actually sticks and, um, taking those things that you learned from the previous video and doing it better or twice as good on the next video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a, a lot of what you guys are kind of explaining is like, and, and the funny thing too, is like when we have these, con- these, these are my favorite conversations because it's a lot like us where like people, like we'll ask people these questions and they're like, uh, I don't know, like we're just kind of like being ourselves and that's that's really like i think where the magic comes in is like you guys haven't it's funny you guys are saying like we haven't really like sat down and talked about how we come to these conclusions because they just kind of happen i think that's like that's awesome that's like the best part about it i feel like we do that as well like we me and alex haven't talked about it but like i feel like things that come naturally easy to me maybe come a bit harder for him and vice versa Mm -hmm. like but when we come together we we're like way more efficient like we can knock out stuff in like not even half the time i feel like sometimes we have to pitch stuff like half a day and then we we just you know obviously like force ourselves but we get it done um yeah but but we would i don't think we'd be able to do that you know like Mm -hmm. i feel like it would take me a lot longer to to write a treatment if alex wasn't there um, mm-hmm. and probably him vice versa, like, you know, to find like, you know, references, the, visual references for sure. Art direction reference. Yeah. Stuff like that might take him a little bit longer. Yeah. 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 Having, so, having a partner just keeps you accountable a lot of the time. And that's something yeah. personally, I just know I need, I need that a lot because mm-hmm. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, I've always been a procrastinator type person and like someone that's motivated by like external stuff, not so much on, like in, on my own. So mm-hmm. I just know myself and I think it's, it's always been a help to have someone to, to work with stuff on, you know, and think yeah. about the run that you guys were just on, like how much you were able to accomplish. Like there's no way you guys would have been able to do all those videos back to back and, and pitch. And like like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like, no way. it's, it's everything too. You know, it's just, it's beyond even the creativity. I think it's just also emotionally, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's really taxing in this kind of field Mm -hmm. as i'm sure you guys know you know um Mm -hmm. you put a lot you put a lot of yourself out there all the time and there's a lot of pressure uh and there's a lot of eyes on you when you're when you're on set or you're on a shoot um or you're in a project or you're on Mm -hmm. a phone call and you're pitching something and selling something etc so you know kind of like what raul was saying earlier when you when you have a partner to kind of share that with you can you can kind of really go twice the distance i think 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. I have a hard question for you guys. All right. Um, so you guys have done a lot of work um, and I'm just looking through all of it, but what, what would be one of the most challenging things that you guys have encountered thus far? I always love asking people this because so it's usually surprising. So many challenges. Uh, what do you think, man? Challenges? There have been, there've been yeah, challenges. Guys, ones, um, for sure. I'm, I'm trying to think challenges. exactly. The one that just sticks out to you that's like, damn, that was a thorn in my ass. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to think of something. That's negative. <laughs> Hey, keep it PG. Yeah, we'll keep it PG. We'll keep it PG. Of course, it's PG. But uh, I'm trying to also think without. <laughs> I don't want to say artist names and shit like that because that's that's always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, I think right, right. I, this is kind of a boring answer, but it, but it's all it's also I think if I'm thinking about this, honestly, it's probably the the truth. I think that this feeling, at least the last three months, it's like this feeling of being overwhelmed. I think was a lot of it, and we're we're also at like we're also at this company called Whitelist that. <laughs> is not one of the kind of super big production companies. It's kind of more of like a boutique commercial company. And, uh, and we're, uh, we're rep there as, as music video directors and for commercials. I think just getting more support from them was, uh, like basically we just got, we got a, a new EP at that company. I think what they were seeing was that we were just kind of overwhelmed and didn't have like the bandwidth to deal with all the stuff we were getting. Cause we were getting like so many treatments, so like so many things to pitch on. And we were kind of just saying yes a lot. And I think having having some support now to, to kind of help us mitigate and like all like or just navigate all that stuff, I think has been helpful. I don't know, Pascual, what's what's mm. chat what's been challenging to you? I think it was more like just having having the being able to say no to projects and taking the projects that are the right ones to do and like kind of trying to navigate how to move in your career. That I think is kind of one of the one of my biggest challenges, I think, for sure. And I think it's been better now since we've had some more help with that. I think we got into you know what? Yeah, I would agree. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. So like, I think that's one thing. As you guys know, I mean, it's not one particular. We have a lot of stories we could tell you guys, but I think, uh, <laughs> but I think what Raul was saying, just going mm -hmm. off of that, I, I agree actually, because I do think this is something that's definitely worth talking about um, in general. About I don't know if anyone's listening. That's like music video wanting to be music video people or whatever but um yeah i mean raul and i are at this at this um it's a, like a boutique ad, ad agency or not ad, it's not an agency but a production company and they're great i've been there forever like the thing is is because it's not like a massive house we get taken really good care of and it's like a really nice mm -hmm. kind of like familial setting which is really really rare i think a lot of times directors mm -hmm. get on rosters and they just kind of sit there quietly and they're kind of throwing the scraps you guys know how it is um so that's not the case oh, yeah. for us but the one thing is we kind of just had some personal things happening where we were like had a lapse in eps there and then the lapse in eps for music video specifically i'm talking about um was also mm -hmm. the exact same time that Glica really started taking off as its own individual entity and what raul was talking mm -hmm. about was that people were just hitting us up left and right and that's usually not always the case like you know, usually you have somebody that's in there that's involved, that's overseeing your projects, that's overseeing like what's coming in and down the pipeline and what you're saying yes to, what you're saying no to. And we were kind of just like exposed out there and kind of just mm. like what Raul was saying. We're like, well, dude, we, when we get, we have some hype and, you know, people in Latin America are, are, are like going crazy over these videos and, uh, and, and they're wanting to hit us up and we should say yes, we should say yes, we shouldn't say no. 
and we were kind of just out there on our own. And so what we were doing was we were, um, I mean, our whitelist was helping us, but what we were doing is we were going to just like multiple production companies to try to get these jobs done. And I think when you do that, when you're hopping around so much, um, you just feel kind of lost and exactly what Raul was saying, you don't feel supported. And I think in music videos, especially mm. in music videos, because I'm sure as you guys know, like if you work with a specific artist and that artist likes you or that artist is specific about certain things and there's not a wall between you and the artist and there's not a barrier between mm. you and the artist, um, you get trampled on or you just get hit up at all, all times of the day. You know, people are, people right. are calling you at like two in the morning being like, Hey man, where's my video? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that was yeah, me and Raul. Yeah. We were dealing with that and it started getting wow. crazy. Oh my you God. You know, it was that, that was probably so one true. of the craziest things. And I think that that was just happening consistently. Um, and it was happening mm. and it was like, these projects were laying on top of each other. So we just kind of felt like insane. You know, right? <laughs> if that makes like, all sense, the, all yeah. Weight, yeah. All well, we have it. We have an EP shoulders. now, and she's really amazing. And obviously, like she, she yeah. just kind of started. We just kind of started working with her. Um, unfortunately, like a, a month or less, like a month ago, and then COVID, COVID happens. It's frozen. But um, I mean, it's yeah. been just this. Her mere presence has been something that's like just makes you feel. Oh better. yeah, I mean. Yeah. She has yeah. well it, it's never it's never fun when like every person you're working for thinks that their project is the most important thing in the world right, right? and and you know to an ex extent it is like you you are supposed to be taking care of this person but like when all six of them or whatever it is are like knocking on your door like you said at two in the morning it's like that's that's the kind of stuff that you lose sleep over and yeah yeah and that's when it makes you yeah. feel burnt you know that's when you make it makes you re-question yeah. everything like dude is this worth it like where am it's I like, going? This isn't funny yeah anymore. right right yeah so you you get to you get to the point where it's like you have so many things that are that need answering and yeah. you just sit at your computer or you sit down and you're like there's so much that you like where do I even freaking start like yeah, it feels like kind of this in, insurmountable <laughs> task you know so right. i mean yeah it's been it's been better uh recently and now it's nice. now it's real good i'm fucking chilling, chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah where y'all at no um i i think Pascal, it's it's probably funny, you know, coming from an advertising background, mm -hmm. or or at least that's where you started, and then going into the music industry, where, where it's like you go from an industry that has a lot of processes and like people don't work on weekends, or or maybe they they stop working at like six p.m. <laughs> versus like music industry, where it's like what process, yeah, you know, what you no know, process. there's no timelines. Like people get up at like noon and, and they go to bed at three in the morning, so it's like there's almost like a you almost feel like a personal invasion right with your with your yeah. time um yeah and, and then yeah i think we've gone through that like uh you know working with different industries it's like how how you know how we can adapt um and just be empathetic to them mm -hmm. um is, is something mm -hmm. that's still challenging now totally. totally yeah yeah it is music is definitely wild west like no one no one gives a shit no <laughs> no like never crazy. never like I know I'm saying on the flip side when I started getting the commercials more and like like I didn't know this but basically I was like I was like I think I'm gonna be late on this treatment to my EP I was like I don't think I'm gonna get this treatment in time he's like dude this isn't music videos you can't just like not send it you have to like <laughs> you have to send it like they're they're all gonna like meet up and have a call and like you don't send yeah. them the treatment dude you are not getting the job and you'll never get called again this is imperative exactly. that you send this today and I'm like oh fuck. 
Yeah. He's had to get yeah. up and like just put some shit together. And I was like, so, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's, there's pluses and minuses, I think, on, on both ends. And the creative freedom that music video artists give you, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more, you know, like you can throw like the kitchen sink and if they buy it, you know, it's happening, you know, versus yeah. like, yeah. I think with agencies, uh, just mathematically, it's, it's harder. There's more people in the room and more opinions. So more chance for, for, you know, your creative ideas to maybe not flush out the way you want them to. Yeah. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the, that's the whole thing, right. Is like, that's, that's the plus in the, and the negatives of both worlds is like advertising. You have the cushiness, right? And you have the process and you have the protection, you have the money. Um, but you know, you, mm-hmm. you may not be succeeding and fulfilling that kind of creative void that you're longing, that you're longing to fill versus music videos. It's the complete opposite. It's like, it's, it's atypical. There's no structure. Um, there's no boundaries, but it is a interesting with that, you know, it's an opportunity to really explore interesting, cool, unique, things in filmmaking you know mm-hmm. that even even in a feature form you know are not conventional you can just do really weird things in music videos and and i think that's what's the exciting thing about it you know and i think you can really grow as do, a filmmaker too really quickly in music videos yeah. do you have any mm-hmm. like weird music video stories like weird just one stories. you know because i feel like you guys have probably put yourself in a position to where you've seen some if not crazy some you know borderline crazy stuff on on either like rap video sets mm-hmm. or, or just you know <laughs> i mean they're um, oh, i feel like rosalia was the craziest one right no like just just um, what happened on rosalia i mean it was just that <laughs> it was a combination of things like that one was crazy because there well the the dates changed i'm not gonna say the whole story all right i'm gonna be and you guys this is this live <laughs> Okay. No, no, all right, no, all right, no, all right. But she's listening no, right no, now. No, no, because okay, because so one thing that's cool is that like for a lot of these videos out that Raul and I do for for Klika, we have a we get a personal we get to establish a personal relationship with artists, right? So like for Sitangana, mm-hmm. we know Pucho personally. Like we got to know Rosalia, which was crazy. Like we were on text threads with her and she was calling us, you know, and we were talking to her and hanging out with her and coming up with ideas. I mean, that's really yeah. rare. And that's one of the cool things about being in in the in the Latin American market and working there is a lot of the artists generally have that kind of respect for the directors, which is really cool. Um, but mm-hmm. anyways, like there were some things that I'm not gonna talk about, I'm not gonna get into why. But like we needed to change the shoot date um, and we needed to change the shoot location to Miami instead of L.A. And it was like, I don't know, dude, it was it was like a week or a few days before we were supposed to shoot in L.A. And so we had to pivot everything and fly out there on a whim. And um, our eight and then our, our basically our producer, who was really the production manager, but he was a producer like. The day before the shoot, he uh, fell in this hotel we were staying in that was like really shitty, and we were super unhappy with that. That was terrible. Um, and he like fell in. And then he had to go to, he the, had to, go to the hospital to right yeah. before the shoot. Like it was like late at night, and he was oh, no. walking to go to the bathroom or do something, and he slipped because it was raining in Miami. So like that happened, and then. Um, <laughs> The, the artist, basically there was a, con, a conflict of schedule. Osuna was like eight hours Osuna late. was eight hours late to the shoot. That was really the main thing. So it was like. Oh my God. Um, and there was, there was a. You know, we were just, there was one. 
there was one point though. I just just uh, just in the middle of this because yo, we can ratchet off more shit. But like at lunchtime on the first day of that shoot, I was I had never things have gone pretty bad on shoots before. Like I've had really fucked up situations. But like I remember me and Pascal were like, we gotta get out of here. We like walked away from the entire. We were in a mansion somewhere in like Miami. And we walked into the street and hid behind a truck with our lunches. And we were just sitting there, like, on the verge of, like, really maybe crying or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, dude, I want this to be over. It was brutal, so dude. It was just every every so single, every single, you know, thing that could get thrown at you got thrown at us, man. It was, yeah. it was brutal. Like, it was a scheduling thing. Yeah. And we were so hyped to work with with uh, Rosalie, we were so excited. Like, you know, she was the artist. Yeah, the, and, I, and like, you know, we felt bad too because we were just really behind schedule, like an insane amount yeah. behind schedule. Like we're shooting 16 hour days at that point and we're making her yeah. do like choreography and wardrobe changes at three in the morning, four yeah. in the morning. Like, you know, when you're doing that to an artist, it's just like, it's too much, you know? And so yeah. that was really yeah. kind of like, she, you know, shouts out to her for doing that. But like, also for us, we're just mad stressed. Cause like, we're getting all this pressure internally from like, guys, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And we're like, well, I mean, yeah. what, what can we do here? You know, things are falling apart. <laughs> um, just, I don't know, man. I feel like everything fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was an okay story. No, no it was this good. is a crazy, this is, this, that wasn't that good. This, this one is kind of crazy, at least for me. And I think Raul will agree with this. Speaking of, you know, we're living in unprecedented times. You know, it's rough. It's scary. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> but uh, what BTL, this video for Bad Bunny, was the last video that came out, but it wasn't the last video that we shot. We shot this mm -hmm. video in the very top of Jan, the very top of January, where we were in Japan. We were in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. We flew, yeah. On, the, we flew out on the 5th. And um, I had been hearing a little bit about um, at that time, it wasn't even called COVID-19. It was just this unknown Wuhan virus flu. that was coming right. from Wuhan. And I had a couple of friends that were in China that were telling me about it. And, um, you know, my uh, my girlfriend's Taiwanese and her cousins was working in, in Shanghai. And he was talking about it. But we didn't know that much about it. Well, patient zero came to Japan on the same day at the same airport around not patient, the same not patient zero japan's was, uh, patient zero yeah japan's mm. patient zero japan's patient zero essentially to their knowledge was at the airport at the same time on the same day region etc as us mm. when we landed there and so obviously like we kind of found out about that and then we were like hmm that's a little sketchy, you know, like, mm -hmm. but it's fine. We didn't, you got to keep in mind that this virus has been something that's been ongoing and people are discovering more and more about it each week. Mm -hmm. And it's like the knowledge back then, I mean, back then everyone was being told that COVID was, was not even contagious at all. Right. So people weren't even concerned about it. Um, and this PA uh, that we were with Pierre, he got really sick. He got a fever. Um, mm -hmm. And he got, you know, these flu symptoms. Uh, he kind of got this nasty cough. And we're like, oh, shit, you know, Pierre, Pierre just kind of went down. And he got, and it was bad, too. Like, I remember him just, at one point, we were sitting in this, in this production meeting just being like, man, that guy's like, 
that guy's out of it. Like he's, he's not <laughs> oh, doing good. Man. And then, and then what happened was sure enough, it started spreading every like crazy. I mean, everybody oh, no. in the house started getting it. Um, well, you're all but staying in the same versions. Airbnb. In yeah. Japan, but, and it was exactly a Airbnb. And if you guys have been to Tokyo before, um, I don't know if you guys have, no, I, hope, I, haven't. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the quarters, the living quarters there, like, intentionally are very compact and minimalistic. Like, that's just kind of the culture there. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a three-bedroom apartment here is not a three-bedroom apartment there um, in terms of size. So, you know, we're, we're all kind of, like, walking over each other a little bit. Um, everybody gets sick. So, like, uh, Chris, our DP, gets it. And... Um, but he kind of gets it early on and we got there almost, we got there two and a half, maybe three, almost three weeks before we actually physically had to shoot. So we mm. had a lot of prep time there. So, but it was a lot of time for everybody to get sick at different stages. Um, mm. And I had my birthday there and I was kind of the only one that hadn't gotten sick. And I was really kind of like, even kind of like rubbing it in a little bit. I'm like, damn, you guys like, man, I just got this. This great immune system, man. What can I say? Taking care of myself. I've been, you know, I'm that, what I'm doing. I was doing intermittent fasting at the time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this fasting, dude. It's really healthy. And like, yeah. I was wearing masks and everyone's going crazy on the masks and stuff. And on the night of my birthday, which was three days or no, three, four days or something before, before the, no, it was five days before the actual shoot. Mm. Um, it was like midnight and we were singing karaoke in Shinjuku and I felt under my mask that I was wearing that my breath was like heating up, like getting really hot, like spikingly, like I knew I had a fever immediately. And I was like, oh shit, this is terrible. I gotta go. We gotta go. I actually <laughs> told Raul, I was like, we gotta go home now. Like yeah. send me home. So like a couple of the guys stayed out for my birthday. I wasn't even there. They just stayed in the karaoke room and I, I just took off in this cab, went right back to Airbnb. I went straight to sleep. Woke up the next day, sure enough, was like crazy sick. I mean, I can't like this is the I'm no lie, man. Like, and Raul was there; he can attest to this. This is the sickest that I've been like at least in a decade. Wow. Like, I was completely bedridden. I had this like harrowing cough that was so scary, dude. It was like in this deep corners of my lungs, and I was oh like, I, like I was coughing up this crazy. This is really positive story dude, right now, <laughs> bro. Yeah. But, uh, but dude, I mean, it was bad. And the thing is, on, and then and it, we had to keep working. We we're days before yeah. the shoot, so dude, there was um, like th this is crazy because like I'll talk about it a little bit. Basically, like Pasquale, but at this point was like he couldn't fucking like pick himself up almost. So, <laughs> but he was still he was still coming to like all this shit, and I had already been released like pretty sick, but. Yeah. I only got a cough. Like, I didn't really, like, become incapacitated. This fool is, like, could not move. So we're, like, oh picking the decals God. on the car. Like, and we we have to do it because we don't have a heart director out in Japan. So we're, like, yeah. trying to put the stickers. And Pasquale's, like, laying in the van. He's, like, pointing, like, yo, put that one there. Put this one there. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then um, even he was even it, – it, it wasn't, like, a quick passing thing. So, like, even yeah. on set, dude, like, the, the we shot two days. The first day – like he was had to stay in the moving van. from director chair yeah. to, to director chair, like standing oh around. But honestly, to go back to the duo thing, this is why being in a duo is, is kind yeah, of great. You at got time. two of you. You guys got a copy because, of each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, dude, it, it was turned it was... into like it turned into like me being able to like kind of run, be the mouthpiece for everyone, which honestly yeah. worked better in a way because a lot of the times what happens is there's two of us. We'll we'll tell someone. We'll tell like a, a the DP something. And then five minutes later, another one of like 
uh, Pasquale will go up to him and tell him something different. And he's like, well, what do you guys yeah. want? Yeah. And we're like, oh, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. so it worked out in, in that sense, I think. But it, it was like, I don't know, it was pretty disastrous, to be honest. It was fucked. It was right. terrible, like, man. Like, it was like, I, I remember laying in bed, looking out my window. I still have this very vivid memory. And it was the, it was the day before the shoot. And there was a text thread. And I was so sick. Dude, that I like couldn't even check my phone. I felt like I couldn't move. I had these crazy body aches and stuff. And like, I remember going over to look at the phone, and there was this group text. And the last text was from one of the local uh, production um, people, and they were like, "Does do we need to take him to the hospital?" <laughs> <laughs> and there was like a very serious, like they were gonna take me. And I remember just say, being saying no because I was just like afraid, and it was like, dude, just, just I don't, 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 don't. I don't even have energy to go in a car right now. Like I just need to. Sleep. Yeah. Like that's that's all I can do. And then yeah, I know miraculously like got around like on on by the time it was like really like intense shoot time. Uh, Day two, you were better. I was able to get it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was back in action. But like, dude, the other thing too is like. I've been talking to different people and I have friends that work in like, you know, that are healthcare workers. And they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, now that we know more about this thing, like it's way more, it's, it's like a lot more probable that you actually got it. So you had Um, it, you had it. I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, people are telling me that I had it. it. No, I'm not. not I had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, I swear I had it the the first, you know. M- oh yeah, when you got sick twice in January with two flus. I, I also was- saw some stuff on Twitter that was like, "Yo, like coronavirus was going around in January and February, and then y'all said shit about it." Like, Dude, I feel like maybe you got it. I I was I like spent New Year's Eve like I didn't even go out on New Year's Eve because I couldn't yeah. even like look up to get my phone like like you were saying. Yeah. I, I I was in a coma, dude. I was I, I thought I was gonna like die from like chills. <laughs> Like I, I couldn't oh. eat, you know, I, I, it was so bad and I've never, I've had the flu a lot, but I've never had anything Me close too. like that. And, and people thought I was exaggerating. I was like, I, I'm always the first one to go party and but like, I couldn't even go out on New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty, I mean, it was pretty bad what we had. Like even I got pretty sick and it took, like, I stayed a whole week after the shoot to like, you know, we're in Japan. Fuck it. I'm going to stay out here. I'm going right. to have a little vacay. And um, my whole vacation was just me, like, because even though I wasn't as sick as basketball, like, it, mine was just kind of this long, like, you know how if you're sick, like, for you to completely get over it, you'll eventually you'll feel 100, but you feel good in the morning, and then as the day progresses, you just are weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, and then right. it's yeah. just this cycle, and that's what happened. Like, I'd, I'd try to go out and, like, get on a train to go do something, and I'd, like, in an hour, I'd be like, fuck, I gotta go back home and just go sleep, you know? But I think... Yeah. Um, I was gonna say also just to go back to like video stuff with uh with pasquale being sick too another main thing that kind of hurt and this if just for people that want to know like if you're in a duo and one of you gets hurt like get sick or whatever um what happened was like pasquale was just so sick he wasn't like involved in a lot of the pre-pro a little bit so then when he was healthy on set he's like oh what like why, why are we doing this what's, what's up with this decision <laughs> What's yeah. the, why is this guy really? What are you guys doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> going off the rails. I'm like, dude, you were in bed for like three days. Yeah, you had no idea. Yeah. Back up. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was good. I mean, in, yeah. in the end, I think it worked out, but that was that was crazy. And now we have a policy. A very, we've developed a policy where it's strict hotels on travel jobs now because yeah. 
So yep. we, we've also, in general, there's other stuff that kind of comes from doing these travel jobs and the whole crew staying in one Airbnb because you're all traveling. It's like a yeah. lot of friction, a lot of people on top of each other. Like, I just think that's one thing we learned from that experience was like, we all got sick because we we're in the same Airbnb. So now we kind of just, hotels uh, is a must. Hotels are this chick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, man. Um, so really quick, last question, um, and then we'll like get out of here. Um, but I just love like aesthetically, I think there's like a lot of um, texture and feeling that comes through on the film um, that you guys are uh, shooting. And it kind of feels like it's not necessarily like being shot today. Like it, it has some grit to it and it feels like there's like some age to it, um, which kind of leads me to believe that you guys have, are inspired by other directors who are maybe, you know, older um but i would love to hear um from both of you guys like very very quickly um who are like one or two directors that you just love and for what reason well dude we're actually 60 years old yeah um it's always so hard to answer these kinds of questions but like the thing that like it's corny the thing that got me into film was like i saw pulp fiction and i was like oh this is sick yeah. and i was about yeah. like seven, i think i was 17 and then mm-hmm. I, that kind of like sparked like oh this movie's different than other movies and then like in college and shit you know you like meet all these people and like people have like different tastes in you and you start seeing all these other kinds of movies but i think for me like i'm always gonna have that soft spot for tarantino also he like just grew up around my like I, i'm from gardena and like mm-hmm. the torrance area and he like mm-hmm. you know he used to run that fucking video store in um yeah. in manhattan beach and stuff so him and then off top just the other god is pt anderson probably but right but those are like i love like all sorts of other stuff but just quickly that's probably who i would say did you say pta paul thomas anderson PTA, yeah, baby. Yeah. PTA, yeah pta and quentin are like my two yeah my yeah. Life favorites. but yeah, like, I think there will be blood is just like one of the best films ever. That, that's like the it was best on Netflix made right in now. the last twenty years, probably. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like easy. How the movie blood is like fire. All right, go. PTA. I agree. I agree with PTA. I agree mm-hmm. with PTA. I think he's like one of the best living American directors. Um, I also really like this. This is like a weird one, but this was definitely one of the most influential directors for me, at least in film school, because I I kind of was doing a lot of nonfiction stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, before music videos, and this guy Michael Glawager, um, you guys know him. He did Horror Story. Glawager? Okay. No, I, I don't know him. So he's a he's a he's a documentary director, but um, he's a documentary filmmaker. But he's shot some like his projects on film, which is like so it gives it this this like very heightened like kind of cinematic style. Mm-hmm. which you don't always get and he's like a very big verite guy which i just like i'm all i love verite so much um like even in even in like na- fully narrative cinema mm-hmm. but uh yeah he was like definitely the guy for me because like i like kind of trying to get realism out of things wherever wherever you can even if it isn't a sense of style like if a moment feels real in a stylized world like that's the kind of shit that i really like you yeah. know um so yeah, he was definitely one of them. I mean, yeah, look him up, dude. He's he's the legend. Like, he actually passed away tragically working on his last film. In damn, uh, he got malaria. That's the way to go out. Yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago. R.I.P. Yeah. Rambo style. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll have to check it out. 
Um, well, yeah, I, thanks guys. I, I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff and it just felt like super casual. So thanks for, yeah, thanks for jumping on. It was like one of our, I think one of my favorite ones we've done in a while. Sweet, man. Oh, yeah. Dude. Thanks for, thanks for having us. This is great. This is a nice yeah, hopefully. From, uh, from what's going on. For sure. Yeah. Just, it just feels good to like talk about it, you know, in yeah. retrospect, but, yes. um, cool. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks again for listening to the mouthwash podcast. For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.